All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It is a Monday, October 30th edition of Daily Faceoff Live, brought to you by Botano 19 Plus. The game starts now at botano.ca. No Frank Saravalli today. He's flying home from the Heritage Classic. So joining me today on the show is former NHLer Colby Cohn. Colby, how's it going? It's good. We can't all live that life of luxury, traveling the globe, taking the family to hockey games. It's pretty good to be Frank Saravalli, huh? Yeah, it uh, it really is good to be Frank Saravalli and company. He'll be back on the show tomorrow. But for today, it's me and Colby kicking back and breaking down everything we got over the NHL this weekend. And nothing was bigger then the Heritage Classic Sunday night, Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton, a complete sellout. 55,100 fans packed in to watch the Battle of Alberta outdoors, and it was the home fans going home happy. The Oilers get a 5 to win. Connor McDavid was in the lineup, but it was some local products who came through for the Oilers. Edmonton boy Stuart Skinner makes 24 saves in the victory, and Stony Plains' own Brett Kulak finds the back of the net and opens the scoring. This felt like the jolt the Edmonton Oilers needed, Colby. That was, without a doubt, the best hockey game they've played all year, and it it felt like they finally bought into what Jay Woodcroft needs them to. Yeah, they look dominant. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. They carried the play. They possessed the puck. Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. You don't have to spend any time talking about how much influence he has on a hockey game, but... Uh, At the end of the day, Edmonton, they need to score goals because they're always going to have issues 
uh, on the backside, especially in goal. I know Skinner played well, but it's just been a little bit up and down performance for the goaltending this year. So they're going to have to score four and five. Their power play is going to have to be good. They're going to have to win faceoffs. They're going to have to possess the puck. And that's going to be the secret to their success. I know Jay Woodcroft wants to see them play harder defensively and really play heavier around their net, Tyler. But but at the end of the day, uh, Edmonton is going to score a lot of goals. And when they possess the puck and score a lot of goals, I don't see a lot of teams that are going to beat them in the regular season. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, the depth scoring is going to be big for Edmonton. You see on the board we just had, they had five different goal scorers in that game. Granted, three of them were defensemen. They're going to need more still from guys like Connor Brown and Ryan McLeod offensively. But last night was a good step in the right direction for Edmonton. Not so much for the Calgary Flames. Ryan Huska's crew. I mean, Frank and I have made this point a handful of times, Colby. We were sitting there in the preseason. It felt like a breath of fresh air was in Calgary. Everyone was finally excited to be back. Daryl Sutter is gone. And they've just come out looking completely flat. I don't know how much more hope Flames fans should have. It doesn't look good there. It really doesn't. And, you know, I look at the whole makeup of the organization right now. And and moving on from Sutter, to me, seemed like the perfect time to start a rebuild. It really did. You walked away from a couple of big-name players who, who pushed their way out of there. You, you certainly got some players in return, but you, you can't really compare, in my opinion. Um, you know, Matthew Kachuk is not a replaceable player. He, he just isn't. And so I think about the fact that they're a couple years away from a new building. And I, I really do. I, I think this would have been the time for them to rebuild. I think that their roster, it, it, it's kind of heavy on one side and light on the other. And there's just not a lot of middle class in their lineup. And so I think when their top players aren't necessarily producing offensively, I think they're going to have a hard time uh, being a good hockey team. And, and the other problem is, and it's not too much different than Edmonton is right now. They're just, they're not getting consistent goaltending and you just don't win in this league without consistent goaltending. Markstrom, Vladar, these guys have been good at times in their career. There's no doubt. I mean, these are, you know, Markstrom makes a good, good chunk of change because he's proven that he's an NHL goaltender, but it's just inconsistent. And when you feel that deflated moment constantly it's super infectious throughout your lineup and you hit on this off the top that game last night was awesome heritage old school looking uniforms old school looking pants and gloves everything about it felt really really cool and those are the types of games throughout your season and I know we're early but those are sort of checkpoints they can propel you or they can push you down the other way and huge opposite effect here because not, not just because one team wins and one team loses. It's the way Edmonton beat up on Calgary last night. They demoralized them. They dominated them. They didn't give up a lot of scoring chances, shots, nothing. So Tyler Calgary's in some trouble, man, some, some real trouble. And also you just look at that division and it's going to be a very, very tough di division throughout the entire season here. You know, Vegas is good. You know, LA is good, but Vancouver is looking like they're going to be peskier than they were last year. Obviously Edmonton's in the mix. Even Anaheim is off to a 500 start. I didn't think <laughs> Anaheim would be off to a 500 start. So Calgary's behind the eight ball. I'm not sure if they can turn it around this year. It just feels like it's time for, like you said, maybe them to reset over on our YouTube. Jeremiah agrees with you. He said, he said the same thing. Flames need to start the rebuild. If you got an inbox question, you can drop it over in the YouTube. Yesterday, fans were just trying to stay warm out in Commonwealth. Let's head out east where the Buffalo Sabres, they look like they might be starting to heat up. They've won two of their last three, and they're coming off a big 4-0 win 
over the Colorado Avalanche. An interesting start the year in Buffalo. One of those teams that was lumped in with Ottawa and Detroit as these young groups who are trying to take a step forward. Buffalo didn't get off to a great start, but now they're starting to maybe piece it together. Uko Pekalukkanen picks up a shutout in their last game. Last week, Colby, I kind of ripped the Sabres stars. I, I looked at the numbers, Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, they were all off to really slow starts. And now Coach Don Granado's taking a totally different approach. Like we haven't seen this really at all in the last year. He's taken Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, and Jeff Skinner, and he split them up. And the results seem to be working now with this new balanced lineup in Buffalo. Are you a believer in the Buffalo Sabres? I'm just not. I'm a believer that they're going to score a lot of goals this year. And I'm a believer that they'll be more exciting and, and should take another step forward. But I, I just, you know, I look at their lineup and to me, like who's heavy and who's really hard to play against in that lineup? Who's going to defend the house? Who's going to, you know, I see, you know, the forward group, obviously their, their skill, Tage Thompson. You know, Middlestat can store. Cousins got the big contract. I've always liked Alex Tuck. I feel like he has the ability to be a heavy two-way player, a guy that's really hard to play against for the other team's defense. But at the end of the day, as a defenseman, you'd rather play against skill, I think, than heaviness. Honestly, I, I think it's more exhausting as a defenseman to be grinded down throughout a game, a team that's going to make you turn, go get the puck, constantly finish their hits, make really difficult defensively. And again, there's no lack of skill on this team. Even the back end, Tyler, plenty of studs. But of those studs, like who is heavy? Darlene is, is smooth. Samuelson is a two-way guy, right? Makes good passes, power. The guy can play. He's great with the puck. He's learning the game from the, from the back end. Uh, Yoki Haru, he's another guy, not heavy. Like who on that back end? Jay Bryson, he's a college guy. He's a good skating defenseman. He moves the puck. You know, and then Eric Johnson, he's been in the league a very long time. You could make a case that he's probably your heavy defenseman. And when I say heavy, I'm not talking about a player's weight. I'm talking about guys who lean on you, guys who make it difficult on you to get to prime scoring opportunities. And I just don't see it. And, and, We'll see what happens, but I just think their goaltending is unproven. You know, Devin Levi has been injured. We don't really know what we're getting with him. He's still a young guy. I personally think he needs time in the American League. Uh, and then you've got a little bit of a rotation going. So, you know, I, I, it's not that I'm not a believer. I don't dislike this Buffalo team. I'll turn them on and watch them. But I just don't see them being a serious playoff team. I, I really don't. So if you had to quickly do the old power ranking of Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, whose chances do you like the most of those three? You know, I, I like the way Ottawa has played better this year. I like Jake Sanderson. I just think he's such a stud. Um, and I think Brady Kachuk is similar to Matthew. And I think he has that, that factor. Um, so I would probably, I would probably maybe say Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. I, I know Detroit's off to a hot start. I know Debrinkat's been good there but I'm just not sold. Now, if one of those two teams, two of those three teams we just mentioned, if one of them were to get Patrick Kane potentially, well, that might change my opinion. And I think that very well could potentially happen. Could. Interesting. We'll talk a little bit about the Detroit Red Wings in the coaches room with John Goyens in a few minutes. Uh, some other news we got over the weekend. Jumbo Joe Thornton announced his retirement officially from the NHL. A dude that just played forever. Over 1,700 career regular season games he finishes 12th all-time in nhl scoring colby he played in 187 career nhl playoff games never got 
his ring. Does he go down as the best player to never win a championship in the NHL? Yeah, probably. Uh, It'd be hard to make a case against that. I mean, he's just had such an impact on the game. Um, I mean, you know, Boston, San Jose, then he bounced around at the end of his career, which I thought was really cool seeing him kind of take on that mentorship role. Um, I'm ready to see the beard go though. He, he posted that video on Twitter the other day and I'm like, he's still rocking the beard. Yeah. Jumbo Joe for you. Yeah. Uh, and a remarkable career though for Joe Thorne. So stick taps to him. 1500 career points. It was, uh, it was quite the run for him and a couple of like, I mean, we talk about great players who never get a chance to lift the Stanley cup. They had a couple of unbelievable runs in San Jose and they got really close. I, I think sometimes and I don't think this will affect Joe Thornton's Hall of Fame candidacy or anything first like that. Ballot. First, first ballot, ballot. Guy. yeah, come on. First ballot guy without a doubt. But sometimes I feel like we are a little bit too judgmental on the whole. Ooh, it's a, he's a great player, but he never won. Because I mean, you look at those teams in San Jose; so, it certainly wasn't Joe Thornton's fault they didn't win. And, and and I totally agree that we do that, Tyler. So then my question is: is like, why do we pick awards based on only the regular season? Then, like the Hart Trophy, the score. Like, why is that only done in the regular season? If then, once we get to these bigger awards, it's like, okay, well, he didn't win a Stanley. This is a team sport, okay? He did. Jumbo Joe did everything he could to get his teams to Stanley Cups. I mean, there's just no doubt about it, and. So I, I don't think that that should hinder it at all. And I agree with you. I think there are certain players. I think Jeremy, you know, Roenick is another one that, that just not getting into the Hall of Fame. And people are like, well, he never won a cup. And it's like, well, but did you see what he did to the league for as many years as he did? So it's a good argument. It's a good conversation. I know it's the one we're not having right now, but good for him. Heck of a run. Let's move along to some sad news we got from the world of hockey over the weekend. 29-year-old Adam Johnson, a former Pittsburgh Penguin, appeared in 13 games with the team, passed away after a freak accident in an EIHL game where he was cut with a skate. Um, Really, really sad. We saw tributes pour in throughout the hockey world, including from one of his former American League teams. He played in over 250 career American Hockey League games with three different organizations, one of which was the Ontario Reign, and the players paid tribute to him before their game on the weekend. Colby, um, just really a terrible, terrible accident and a reminder of really, I mean, what every player in every league does and puts on the line every game because, I mean, it's just really sad. Yeah, look, this is just one of these freak accidents, Tyler. I mean, there's a reason you just rarely see stuff like this Mm -hmm. happen in the game. Um, You know, a a player looking for a hit, you know, kind of loses his balance and it's just terrible. I mean, you you feel for his family, his teammates. This is one of those things that shakes the entire hockey world because Mm -hmm. every player has family and and, uh, siblings and wives and children and just you go down the list. So, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. It it really is. And, and, you know, I know this creates all sorts of conversation about player safety and neck guards and, and this and that. And, and, you know, me personally, like I'm, I'm not really, I'm not ready for that conversation at this point. I think everybody wants to rush to tell everybody why this should have happened or that should have happened and be a Monday morning quarterback. But at the end of the day right now, it's just, um, got to be a difficult time for his family and his friends. And I, you know, I remember seeing him play at, at university of Minnesota Duluth. Um, you know, and then I, I might've even crossed paths with him in the American league. It's, it's hard to remember, but it's a horrible tragedy. I mean, there's, there's not much else to say. 
yeah, obviously our thoughts and prayers with Johnson and his friends and family. Um, but also I, another side of this too, I mean, the player on the other side, I mean, it's hard to imagine going through that as well. So our thoughts with uh, everyone who was on the ice involved in that game as well, because there's, there's certainly a lot of emotions. And, that, yeah. and you know, the other thing, I, and I've seen a lot of this on social media about the English league and this and that, a lot of NHL American league players go over there at the end of their career because they will get you, they will pay for you to get your master's degree. And you play on a lot of those teams in, in Nottingham and uh, Belfast and, she you know, all of those teams over there. So they do entice a lot of players to go over there uh, and play because there's a huge education component. And, and I don't know if that was what Adam Johnson was doing or not. But, um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think pointing fingers at anybody right now is the right thing. Pointing fingers at the league, pointing fingers at the players, pointing just anything. I think everybody take a deep breath process this. I'm sure there will be, you know, protocols and making sure safety protocols of stretchers and, um, mm -hmm. you know, doctors and this and that. And, and so I think just right now, the best thing for everyone to do is, is really take a deep breath. Yeah. All right. Let's move along to our big segment today. It is the coaches room with John Goyans. The Coach's Room, as always, is delivered by DoorDash with restaurants, groceries, pharmacies, bakeries, flower shops, and more. DoorDash really has everything you need to make the holidays special. And for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. Always a pleasure to welcome in John Goins on a Monday morning. And John, we were talking a little bit earlier about the hot start to the season. For the Detroit Red Wings, one thing really powering them is their power play. Third in the NHL in power play percentage. But I want to zero in on zone entries. What's been able, what's been the key to Detroit's success in that area? Well, before we let the 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 video roll here, um, you you realize that they're coming at you in waves in terms of speed. They do use the power play drop um, from time to time, and they use it a lot on regroups. However, they're using a more of a crisscross between Larkin and Debrinkat to come with a lot of speed with options of kickouts with Gosses Bear and uh, David Perron. So David Perron, real quickly, one of the more uh, flexible power play guys out there, has been able to play the one T side, downhill side, bumper side, and goal line uh, position. Now you're talking about one of the best power plays in the league that's playing with 2D. Give them credit for putting a power play together based on the ingredients they have and not based on what everybody else is doing. And when we go to the numbers, last year at this time, they were 18.8%. This year, they're 34.3%. So I think it is a mix between having to brink at, but let's not kid ourselves. Mo Sider is the poise of that power play, and he's phenomenal. But let's Let's fire up the, the video on the zone entries because we can really see how they mix poise and pace at the same time. And watch how quickly they get up the ice. You got the uh, the timer going off there. In under five seconds, they're over the blue line. Within under eight seconds, it's in the back of the net. So you can't be sleeping. And here again, you see Debrinkat getting speed, Larkin getting speed. However, now you're playing against old foes in the Tampa Bay Lightning coaching uh, staff and they know how to box you out at the corner of the blue line. So that's one thing that that Detroit's going to have to be aware of facing certain opponents. And of course, as I prepared for this, the last two games they went over, but nonetheless, nonetheless, they've overall had a lot of pace, poise, and skill on their zone entries. And again, here, 
you know, going dot to dot, then having multiple kickouts. And if we freeze just before we get to the goal, so they're coming at you in a lot with a lot of speed. They're not giving those PK one three blue line stands a ton of time to get comfortable. Uh, and they're also not giving you a ton of time for line changes. Interesting. Uh, so when we look at ways they're throwing different things at the opposition, you kind of touched on it, you know, working with what they have, not just what everyone else is doing, not with the cookie cutter approaches. What are some looks or schemes that the Red Wings have been doing successfully? Well, I think everybody get, you know, at, at nauseum, we see the one, three, one power play right across the league, but there's been something that Edmonton's done where they have the absence of bumper at times. And it kind of really messes up a lot of the teams who play a diamond because now those three guys are defending a, a bumper guy that doesn't exist. And what we'll see from uh, Detroit, they'll roll into an umbrella. They'll attack quickly off of face-offs. They'll attack quickly off of uh, low plays where they underhandle pucks. And there's two specific clips where I literally count the passes and how many times they stick handle and they pass it more than they stick handle, which I believe is a, again, New Zealand alone coming over from Tampa. Tampa is really good at that. So, Let's fire up the uh, the goals here for uh, for Detroit. And you see how quickly they can handle pressure. They alleviate pressure. They get open. And then, boom, they're creating two-on-one. So they're looking for quick strikes. Again, I got the timer going here. Here's pressure. They alleviate the pressure. They bypass the pressure. This is a set play. They're going to go east-west behind the net. Here's a pick in the slot. So you could have Mo Sider coming down for the big one tee or he feeds it across. Doesn't go in. That's fine. This whole sequence, you're going to have two quick strikes. They alleviate pressure and they put it back in the net on top of a faceoff in 18 seconds. In this sequence, another quick strike. Watch off this loose puck. One tap, one stick handle, move it over. Move it over. Larkin reloads in the slot. That's five passes, one stick handle. Underhandle pucks is a huge element to successful power plays. Here, Pittsburgh has to deny Goss's bear, so it opens up a set faceoff for Larkin. Collapse, bring them deep, open up the whole zone. Again, a lot of one-touch passes, and you see how Larkin has already got his toes facing the net. So they're really coming at you in different ways. Now, PP2, let's go out and get a guy who played less than 12 minutes a game in Seattle with Daniel Sprong, big one T, but now you have Lucas Raymond coming downhill. And they have more of a traditional kind of 1-3-1 one, one look about them. But they, again, Lucas Raymond, he's not a scrub. You know, uh, Daniel Sprong was filling in even on the first PP in Seattle. And so they've got some, some threats there. Again, no bumper. So what do they do? Let's bypass. We're getting quick shots on net. Now they've collapsed. Why pass when you can attack the net? It's a broken play, but again, Debrinket knows space. He knows how to make sure he's inside dots and not a passenger on the outside. Again, bypass the pressure. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. They move it back up top, bypass the pressure, bang, two on one at the net. So they're doing, a, they, they have a real good understanding. And here, quick strike off a face-off. Perron, little hunt and bump right on the inside. Bang, one tee. So Seattle adjusts. They go around. They shade over to Goss's Bear. No problem. Most siders going to say, I'm going to bring three guys to one side of the ice. Now we're going to go and we're going to look like we have a 1-3-1, one, one, but we don't have a bumper again. So now they're three low. They're really forcing Seattle out of their comfort zone in terms of their PK scheme. Again, no bumper. What happens? Two on one right at the post. Larkin steps out as a lefty should go blocker side. And right here, right near the end again, have teams collapse, underhandle pucks, move pucks quickly. And again, umbrella, no bumper. Go back down to the post, two on one opportunity, and to bring out adjust. So you you gotta be, if you're a chef, work with the ingredients you have. Don't try to copy the restaurant down the street. Yeah, John, those power plays that change sides as often as Detroit does, those are hard to defend. When you have threats on both sides and you don't get stationary off of a strong side of a power play, look out. Wouldn't expect to see that power play get cold because of all the options. Um, so let's take a little bit of a turn from one team that seems to be lighting it up to another that we already talked about that is having a difficult time. And you know, the Flames are off to a rough start this year. And when you watch the film, you, you've got a coach's brain. So uh, what have you seen in the film that, that's led to, to such a rough start? And, and where do you even begin to fix it? Well, I think when you look at the basic stats, it's pretty easy. Goaltending hasn't been good enough, right? And that would be easy just to blame them. So then you would think it's got to be the defensive game. In fact, it's the offensive game. They are only in the top 10 in one category of creating scoring chances, which is off the rush at sixth in the league. But off the cycle, 32nd, off the forecheck, 32nd, ozone play, 32nd, slot shots on net, 30th in the league. However, they are second in the league for shots from outside the slot. So what does that mean? If you're a perimeter team, you're a lot of one and duns. What are you going to do? And we saw it last night, and there's going to be a couple clips. One and duns lead to transition the other way. So as we fire up these clips, we're seeing a lack of net presence on screens and we're seeing, you know, distant shots that should be, they're just too easy. They're just too easy. That's a distant shot. You're down. Here's a point shot. No screen. Blocker save. Bang. Transi uh, transition the other way. The, the, the ability to sustain pressure, jump on rebounds isn't here. Skate this puck deeper. There's nobody around. Here's a point shot. Nobody around. 
Here, Matt Coronado. Coronado's got to skate this deeper. His feet are in the tracks. Everybody's boxed out. Blocker save. Little body position. Bang. Here's your transition against. Watch the like no screen. Right. It's just right now. It's way too easy. Here, it's going to go low to high. East West. Uyghurs got it. Here's a box out. Easy box out. Easy glove save. So when it doesn't fuel the transition, it just really the goalie could really uh, shut down any type of momentum. Watch the flyby right here at the net. Flyby, good shot by the D. You can't sustain zone time if you're not there because if you're doing flybys, you're more likely not in a position to recover after a shot. And at the end of the day, the numbers are there. They are not in the home plate enough, whether it be with possession or creating from the slot. I love that. Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter would not be a happy camper watching that video. That is one thing we all three know for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that little bit of breakdown there because a lot of times we'll see people look at the shot clock in a game and go, oh, well, yeah, sure, the Flames are losing, but they're out shooting the other team so much. Eventually that'll turn, but you take a look at those chances and yeah, how many of those that you played had any slight chance of going in? Just none of them. Uh, so it's ugly right now in Calgary. We'll see if they can get it turned around. John Goins, this was fantastic. Thanks for hopping on again. Thanks, guys. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Colby, I'm going to give you a little pass or fail question here. The Flames and Oilers, like teams do now, they dressed up. They got in the spirit of things for the Heritage Classic. And I think we have a picture here, a little side-by-side -side of what the two sides did. The Oilers had their little rig overalls and the protective sunglasses and the hard hats. The Flames went cowboy hats and no shirts, just coveralls. Pass or fail on these two? pass flying pass for both of these outfits anytime uh you know you're incorporating the meaning of your team the logos that that you know these are teams that are storied franchises and i just feel like both sets of outfits on either side were absolute home runs i, I absolutely love it what do you think yeah, I think the Flames, like the jerseys they wore in the game were a little hat tip to uh, the old school Calgary Wranglers hockey club, or sorry, Calgary Stampeders hockey club. So I think the cowboy hats, all that fit perfectly. And yeah, the Oilers, I mean, come on, throw on the rig overalls, pull up in Unreal. your side by side. So I think good. it's hilarious when teams buy in with this yeah. stuff. Yeah, we've uh, seen good ones over the years. The other question we had comes from Barra over on the YouTube who wants to know, are the San Jose Sharks too bad for their prospects to be able to properly develop. And I think that's an interesting question, Colby. Like we talked about the flames tearing it down. And I do think as someone who sat through the Oilers 12 year rebuild or whatever it was, sometimes you can actually get so bad that no one's developing at all. It's a great question. And, and look, the last couple of seasons I was in Chicago. Okay. And I had a between the bench front row seat to every home game. And, and, you know, I got to see what they did with, uh, Lucas Reichel. I got to see what they did with Alex Vlasic. I got to see what they did with some of these players. And the reality was these were players that, yeah, they were better than some of the NHL roster players, but they kept them in Rockford. They didn't want them in the NHL. They didn't want them losing every night. Uh, they didn't want them playing in games where they were getting dominated left and right. And so, yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think that might be true in San Jose. They just sent Bordalo down. I know he's a second-round pick, but he's a high-profile prospect for them. Um, you know, David Quinn is a former coach of mine. Mike Greer is a you know former BU guy and, and a friend of mine. And 
I don't envy those guys right now. They got they really got put into an interesting situation there in San Jose with this sort of non-committal rebuild. Now they seem like they are committing to the rebuild, but it isn't pretty in San Jose. And yes, high-profile prospects, I keep them. Well, I guess it's not far away because their American League team is right in San Jose. But to me, that's all the more reason. You've got them in the same building or right across the street. You can make sure that they're getting the nutrition, they're getting the strength coach workouts, all this stuff. Great question, though, and I, I very much agree with that. Let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for the day. NHL hockey back. I think there's four or five games on tap. There's two plays I like for this one. Gav, fire up my first bet. It's the under between Chicago and Arizona. Uh, Listen, I know sometimes rebuilding teams get there and go, oh, it's going to be high scoring, but that hasn't been the case. The under is hit in six of eight games this year so far for the Chicago Blackhawks, which is a little surprising. Arizona expected to be going with Carol Vimelka between the pipes. I love his ability to shut down this Hawks team. So I'm going under six and a half between Chicago and Arizona. And my second play tonight, a little player prop over two and a half shots on goal for Andre Svechnikov. He was back in the Canes lineup over the weekend after missing a ton of time with that lower body injury. He racked up four shots on goal in his first game back. This line from what we know about Svechnikov, it will be three and a half soon. It's always been three and a half when he's healthy. I'm taking it while I can at two and a half. So there you go. A shot prop and an under for tonight's NHL slate courtesy of Patano. The game starts now at patano.ca. Colby, we're running out of time, but we still got to squeeze in garbage time. It's brought to you by our friends at Wendy's and a new Survivor Pool game that is launching soon. There was more sad news over the weekend from, well, the entertainment world, the hockey world as well, as Matthew Perry tragically passed away over the weekend at the age of 54. He was a massive, massive hockey fan, Colby. You can see here a picture of him with the Stanley Cup. The LA Kings paid tribute to him over the weekend by playing the Friends theme song during one of the stoppages. Um, But this is really, really sad. It's sad. I mean, look, I I don't know how it was, you know, growing up in Canada or Western Canada, if Friends was as big, I would think it would have been. Yeah, but I mean, I know in my household, my wife has Friends on TBS all day. And then at night, it goes over to Nick at night. Friends is always on. When I sent her the the tweet that I saw about Matthew Perry, it, it was a major devastation for her. What a great show it was. Um, what a great part of the show Matthew Perry was. And yeah, I do know he was a huge hockey fan. Jeremy Roenick and him were buddies. Um, they did some hockey commercials together, some promos. I know he used to play in a in a celebrity pro-am type of situation out in Vegas with like Cuba Gooding Jr. and a bunch of NHL guys. Uh, really sad. I mean, just just you know, somebody that, that you just, he grew up on all of our televisions. He really did. So, um, it, it was, there's a lot of that this weekend, seeing social media. There's a lot of that out there these days, huh? Jeez. Yeah. A really sad way to, uh, end the show. Uh, big shout out to Colby Cohen, who's fantastic filling in for Frank Saravalli. Colby, can't wait to do this again with you. Thank you for the nice words. Frank never says nice things like that to me. So yeah, sign me up. Yeah, yeah, we have that good cop, bad cop thing going on. Uh, big shout out to everyone over in the Daily Face Off YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go. Shout out to Botana, Wendy's, and DoorDash. We'll be back tomorrow, noon Eastern, with Frank Saravalli on Daily Face Off Live. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.